This is Pivot Perspectives with Chris O'Byrne, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on their road to success and get exclusive access on how to implement their success into your life and business. Pivot Perspectives is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Chris O'Byrne. All right, Michael, thank you so much for coming on today. I have some fun questions I'm looking forward to asking you. So, awesome. first of all, how are you doing? How's uh, how's life in Washougal, Washington? I'm doing great. Uh, life out here is fantastic. Uh, we just uh, were kind of wrapping up our long Memorial Day weekend. Uh, today had family out, uh, did the barbecue thing, and just life is good, man. I'm, I'm living the dream. <laughs> uh, nice. And you're in a uh off grid home, right? That you built yourself? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. We we bought and built during COVID and we've got about thirty acres in the Washington State Cascades that are all completely off of grid. Uh it's our little our little slice of paradise. Oh man, living the dream for sure. Um so my first question for you is looking back on your childhood, what was something that happened to you, a story that you can tell us um, that you think was instrumental to developing into the person that you are today? Yeah. Um, you know, we were, we were kind of talking a little bit before, before we hit record and I was thinking which one to talk about, right? Cause there's so many and, and childhood is so instrumental in, in everything that we become as adults. And I'm struggling to, to, to hone in on one single story, but, I I'll, I will say this I did I did grow up playing uh playing hockey um as as a kid and I think that that was definitely instrumental in kind of turning me into the man that I am today. I think that I I got a lot of lessons out of that about grit, about working hard, about teamwork, playing well with others. Um, certainly, uh, fueled my competitive nature or maybe my competitive nature fueled the hockey. I don't know which one, <laughs> I don't know which direction that went. Um, but I think, uh, and in, and in general, not just, not just hockey, but just team sports in general, I think are so, uh, critical to, to business. Right. And that's kind of, that's why we're, we're here. That's why you and I are chatting today. And I think, I think team sports are, are very important for that kind of thing. Yeah, and and I grew up in a, a situation where we we didn't play sports. It just mm -hmm. wasn't a thing we did, and we weren't able to uh, to attend after school events or, or anything. So I didn't okay. really understand the importance of team sports until I got older. I went in the yeah. military, um, but you know what? It was when I started uh, meeting other successful business people, mm -hmm. and this theme has come up over and over of people who were involved in team sports and learned so much from that yeah. that affected their business. Um, so then what inspired you to start your business? And, uh, you know, how did you go from idea to reality? And even how did that time? Yeah. Um, I mean, I come, so I come from, a, I come from a technical background. Um, I started working at Intel when I was 19 years old or so as a software engineer. And that kind of turned into and, blossomed a, a successful career in computer virus research. Um, and I was doing that for 10 years or so before um, 
I think I just got burnt out. The the the, cor- col- the corporate culture, working in a cubicle, that sort of thing. Um, and so I quit that job, and I was a musician for a few years. I became a professional musician for a few years, and doing that is what really kind of fueled my love for marketing. Um, you're, you're you're promoting your own events. Um, you're selling CDs. You're you're hustling. And, um, and that kind of is, is really what turned me into a marketer, quote unquote, right? Doing consulting for that ended up being quite good at it. Um, got some, got some really fantastic clients like Intel, uh, Johnson and Johnson, the Golden Globes. And then at some point after I had been doing consulting for a number of years, I realized, uh, what I think a lot of entrepreneurs that start out as solopreneurs realize, which is that you're trading hours for dollars. And that was, that was about the time that I was like, what can I do to duplicate myself? What can I do to scale this business? What can I do to scale what I'm doing to help more people? Um, you know, and essentially to, 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 to grow. Um, and so that's when I started uh, Boxer Media and Growth Marketing, which is the agency that I run now. We've been going strong for about three years. Um, and it's, you know, it it continues to grow and continues to develop. And, uh, yeah, the inspiration was just trying to best to maximize my time. So what kind of music and what did you play? <laughs> you might guess that I played some guitar. <laughs> yep. Um, honestly, so I play a little bit of everything. I don't play any one instrument very, very well. Um, I my, I guess my skill set, you might say, is kind of as 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 the producer. I, I hear things in my head and I want things to sound a certain way. So that's kind of what I was good at. The type of music um, is, you know, rock and roll, kind of electronic sometimes, stuff like that. And did you play, um, I mean, have you always lived in the Portland area? Is that where you played and uh, worked in? I'm Oregon, Oregon born and raised um, down in, I, I was raised on a, a, a grass seed farm, a 700 acre grass seed farm down in Independence, Oregon. Um, so I was a farm boy growing up and then uh, Portland in 1999. Well, technically Beaverton, Aloha, right? Because Hillsboro's out there. Um, but Portland area in, in 99 and lived in Portland for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, so then going back even further, is there anything from your time at Intel, computer virus re- research, any of that that transferred over to what you're doing today as far as skills or awareness? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, everything that, you know, I think as a, as an entrepreneur, it's kind of it's your job to be a, a generalist a little bit and to have a broad understanding a mile wide and, and an inch deep or maybe a mile wide and one foot deep uh, but not necessarily an inch wide and a mile deep right um, so just having I think having certainly having an understanding of how things work under the hood uh, or beneath the sheets pick your metaphor um, having a, a general understanding of how things work certainly serves me in um, you know, making those kind of top-down decisions about the best ways to do things for our clients. Most of what we do, incidentally, is digital marketing, right? So there's a lot of technology involved. Yeah, yeah, it, it all transfers over in some way. Yeah. Um, so 
Who are some key influences or mentors who have really played a, a significant role in your journey? Oh God, I love this man. There's, there's so many. So I, you know, from my, my hockey coach growing up, um, to, uh, a man by the name of Tim Justice, who was a, a professional stock trader and taught me how to invest and, and do swing trading. Um, it taught me the value of my time and, and just kind of the value of myself, I think. Um, I met Tim when I was 34 years old and, uh, I was headed down. I, well, 34 years old, I had been heading down. Uh, a not super healthy path, uh, you know, drinking a lot. I was bartending at the time, playing at rock and roll clubs and just kind of, you know, uh, not living a sustainable life. I'll put it that way. Um, and so meeting Tim um, changed my life completely, flipped everything upside down. He introduced me to Napoleon Hill. Oh, yeah. And this is this is this is the first book that I read um, where it occurred to me that there's that 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 there more is possible. Certainly more than you know I was capable of more than I was doing. Um, so yeah, uh, and then you know, there's been a few others, um, but but Tim Justice I think is is the one that I'll I'll kind of credit with really helping me turn my life around. So what are some ways that he did that? I mean, trading valuable information, but it sounds like there was much more going on. There was, man. I mean, it was, so it was a situation. He, he had his own company and he also toured around the, the lower 48 uh, teaching for Rich Dad. So incidentally, he, uh, he worked for Kiyosaki's company. Um, and so he was part of the trading and investing arm of, of uh, Rich Dad Legacy Investments. Um, I had signed up for, you know, a little weekend thing on a whim, uh, the free, and then they, they sell you on the upgrade, on the upsell. Um, I ended up taking the upsell and it was one of the best things I ever did. Um, so what yeah. Yeah, kind of what, what what sort of things did he cover in that up you know the upsold part of it the the yeah I mean most of that was so those are tricky as you might suspect right because people are paying a thousand dollars for a little weekend workshop and mostly the type of people that are signing up for those are not for the most part are not these. Uh, personal and professional development, uh, obsessed type of people, which I might consider myself today. Um, but, but a lot of times, right, people who sign up for these, especially the rich dad, uh, weekend shops, it's kind of their first, it's maybe the first of that kind of thing that they've done before. So you really want to deliver a lot of stuff because people, people feel like they're getting value if they're getting tactics. But he also uh, yes. had, but what was really important and what he did is that he would slip in every once in a while some mindset stuff, right? Nobody, nobody who is not already into personal development wants to spend a thousand dollars 
on a weekend workshop on mindset. They don't understand the value of that. Am I right? Very totally. Totally right. Yeah. So so he definitely had to do tactical stuff, but he would slip in some mindset stuff in there too. And it was, you know, it was the way he was talking. It was the way that he was teaching this stuff. And it was the way in which he composed himself, um, you know, in that, in that, I don't know what it was, Holiday Inn, what, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever hotel by the airport where we went and he, he did the, and they did the workshop. Um, I just connected with him. I felt like I could trust him. Um, and so I talked to him afterwards and he and I stayed in touch. Um, and he ended up offering me, um, you know, essentially a job. And that was kind of my first, um, um, kind of my first like real marketing gig. Okay. Now, how long ago was this? This was, how long ago was this? This was over 10 years ago now. Cause I've been doing okay. this for more than 10, for more than 10 years now. This is, this was a minute time. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So then boxer media. Yeah. What makes boxer media unique and valuable? You know, what's, what is yeah. it about boxer media? Sure. Um, we, there's a few things that I think apart from the crowds. Number one, we work with coaches, consultants, and thought leaders. Um, these are areas that we know very, very, very well. Um, I, we have, we have two podcasts, both of which are interview podcasts with coaches, consultants, and thought leaders. Between the five of us that work full time in the company, we probably speak to two dozen coaches and consultants every week. Um, we know the space incredibly well. Um, we know the pain points of uh, our clientele very, very well. And we understand what coaches, consultants, and thought leaders need to succeed. Um, our, our kind of our, our flagship program, if you will, uh, we call it social omnipresence. And what we do, so one, th one of the things that we understand is that especially, well, we'll use coaches as, as an example, coaching, or if you're a thought leader and you're writing a book, you want to do, you want to coach, you want to write your book, you want to do keynote speeches. You don't want to spend all of your time, uh, for example, on social media, promoting what you do, you know, um, commenting on, on other people's threads, marketing your business. You want to spend your time as effectively as possible, affecting as many people as possible. This is why you do what you do. Um, so what we're able to do is come in, we take about 15 minutes of our client's time per week, and we are able to have them be completely present on social media, on all social platforms, and we call it social omnipresence. So we basically handle social media marketing for our clients and take that almost entirely off of their plate. Again, uh, they're able to be totally present in social media 15 minutes a week. Oh, wow. That is pretty fast. Yeah. So um, how many, well, what is it like to work with you? That, that's kind of the question I ask when I'm working with somebody new. It's, it's what is that experience like? I, I know what you do and how it benefits me, 
Yep. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I do. I think that's that's super important. And especially for given our clientele, um, it's it's very, very important because it's not we're not dealing with bigger businesses. We're dealing frequent, very frequently with solopreneurs. <laughs> um, and and honestly, like what we deliver is is a fun, professional family experience. Um, so we have had coaches that have worked with us for going on five years now. Um, and I only started the company three years ago. Oh <laughs> we, we merged, we merged with a, another company that was doing something similar, um, when we started. So that explains that kind of, uh, that difference there, but yeah, we, you know, our team is very focused on what we do. Uh, professional in execution, but very friendly and kind of family oriented in terms of how it feels to work with us. Um, everyone on my team, we got, we, everyone has a great sense of humor. We laugh a lot. We joke around. We have fun. Um, and you know, what we really enjoy about what we do is that I think with, with marketing, it's quite difficult to, wake up in the morning and be really excited to go out and do marketing. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm, for those listening to this or reading this, I say do marketing in, in little bunny quotes. Um, but what we are able to do is everyone on the team and I try to make sure that everyone on the team understands the second and the third order effect of what we do because our clientele is, is because, because of what they're doing, writing books, coaching uh, C-suite leadership in, in, in large companies. Um, we are affecting change on a greater scale by drawing and attracting more clients to our clients. So whatever, you know, whatever good our clients are doing out there in the world, we're a part of that because we helped promote that. We helped get them the work that, that pays their bills and that allows them to stand you know, in front of 3000 people at a keynote speech over a weekend and talk about all the great things they do about how they do it and about who they do it with. Uh, that I totally get. Once and I wanted to figure out how many people do I affect with, with the work that I do? It's like, okay, well, you know, 12,000 plus authors. And I'm like, wait a second. Every single one of those authors, their book is reaching how many thousands of people? How many lives second. are being changed? Mm -hmm. That's the second and the third order effect that I was talking about. And you have to take yeah. that into consideration when, when, when you're doing, when, when what you are actively touching is, is not, like I said, just waking up in the morning and getting really excited to quote, do marketing is not really a realistic motivation. So we have to think about the second and the third order effects of what we do and, and, and how that is affecting the world in a greater way. One of the, you know, running jokes on, on my podcast and it called, it's called the remarkable coach podcast is that every executive coach's dirty little secret is that they are a life coach. <laughs> I think that's hilarious, right? But, it, but it's, but it's also true. So it's, and it's not just these companies that they're affecting it's also the the families of the people that they work with right so you're you're talking about you know teaching someone if you're teaching someone how to balance work 
in life, especially a busy executive, and they make it to their son's baseball game. And that, you know, was maybe a pivotal moment for their son. That That's like generational change that you're potentially affecting there. Um, and so yeah. thinking about it in that sense, right? Thinking about it in that sense, um, it, it is it is exciting work. Man, do I get that. So looking back on your entrepreneurial journey, what would you say has been one of the most valuable lessons that you've learned? Most valuable that I've learned. Um, I'm going to flip. Uh, can I, can I, can I flip that question around? What about you? What, what's the most valuable lesson that you've learned? Maybe, maybe your answer would inspire me. <laughs> um, well, you know, it, for me, it, I tried to be the lone wolf for so long. Uh-huh. I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a mix between introvert and extrovert. I really like my, my peace, my quiet, my space. And uh-huh. I just wanted to do my thing and be good at it and not have to create all these other relationships and you know because it feels fake so many times and you're just like oh i need to go networking and i do that yeah it it finally dawned on me well it's probably been several years ago now that it's about way more than that Uh uh-huh you need to make connections with people i needed to make connections real connections with people for business Uh but i could learn from them Uh i could help them they could help me there was so much more involved in creating real connections that I I never even dreamed about. And of course, my business went, you know, kind of skyrocketed after that as well. But that wasn't yeah. even why I was doing it. I, yeah. I just knew I needed some uh, a community yeah. uh, of my of my own creation. So for me, like- that's probably the biggest lesson. I love that. Okay, so I'll I'll take I'll take that and 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 kind of reframe it a little bit for me because i think i think that's that's a great one and 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 for me i think you could definitely you could say one of the biggest lessons that i've taken away from from my entrepreneurship journey is that and as of course i'm a marketer right so i should i should have known this from day one but the cobbler's sons the cobbler's children have no shoes (laughs) yes um it's it's that everything should be about should be done in service that's that's what I'll say, and that's that's my biggest lesson. Everything you do should be done in service. Um, and if you're making decisions out of desperation, out of a a greedy, a greed, out of a want for growth, and 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 nothing beyond that, um, I think you're going to have a more difficult time than if you were to focus on service front loading with value, how you can help people. I like that. Yeah. Because if, if it's just about the money, then, sure. you know, go rob a bank for crying out yeah. loud. There are faster yeah. ways. <laughs> <laughs> They're faster. There are much faster ways. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's not what brings the enriched life. Yeah. You know, it's the, we, we all want earth living. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and like I said, this—I mean—that that 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 should be obvious to anybody starting a business from from day zero. Um, and it's almost something that's so obvious that I think it can be easy to forget, especially in the day to day. You know, as you're 
thinking about your business, making business decisions, you know, if, as you're onboarding new clients and other clients are churning and leaving, um, you know, there's, there's a rush of day-to-day activity and it's easy to forget, like, how can I help this person? Instead of, instead of like, instead of like getting them through onboarding, right? How can we help them? How can we help them through onboarding? Um, you know, and if, if someone has to, uh, you know, if someone has to break up with you and, and they're like, you know, I think, uh, we're, we're done with this service. Well, how can you help them as even, even in, as in an exit scenario, right? Where you've got a client leaving, how can you help them? How can you refer them to someone else? Um, so that six months down the road, when they realize or they're in a position where they need your services again, even when they left, you were so helpful. They want to come back to you in six months, right? Yeah. This is, they never forget it. Yeah. Um, and I, it took me years to figure that out, honestly. And uh, sadly, it took me a long time as well. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So as we part, what is the best way for people to learn more about you? Yeah, um, boxer.agency is the website. Uh, there's no .com. It's just boxer.agency. Type that into your little URL bar, and it should take you right there. Uh, they can find me directly on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, my email address is uh, Michael at Boxer.Agency, or you can write hello at Boxer.Agency. That will come to me as well. Awesome. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This was a great conversation. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your time. You bet. You take care. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Pivot Perspectives with your host, Chris O'Byrne. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advice on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.